following audio is from Deering Christian Church. Join us Sunday mornings at either 9 or 10.30 a.m. Did you know that you have been called? That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. And come on, like, like you've been called. That's pretty incredible, right? That God not only called you to him, but he called you to be about his work. You, your life, it's called with eternal purpose. Is that cool? Is that exciting? I can't really tell, okay? And so if you're not excited about that, you go ahead and get your phone out and play Wordle or something and check out because you're not going to, I don't know if what we're going to talk about today, if that's not exciting to you, Okay? I don't know if what we're going to talk about, I don't know. But it's exciting to me that, that God called us to him, okay? And that he purposed our lives. Your life has purpose, eternal purpose. We're not just wandering around here trying to collect as much as we can collect, okay? Until whatever happens, happens. Our, our departure from this earth or Jesus' return. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? I mean, man, that, that's like, that's, that's incredible. <clears throat> we're right in the middle of a series. Well, actually, we're wrapping up a series, okay? We're wrapping up today. That's what we're doing. A series called Called with Eternal Purpose. Called with Eternal Purpose. If you've missed it, go back, check out the podcast. Check out some of that stuff. Get yourself caught up, Okay? Called with eternal purpose to use our talents, resources, interest, and time for God's kingdom. Did you know that? Did you, did you know that you were given those things, okay, for the purpose of expanding God's kingdom? Called. The, the unqualified have been called. Did you know that? Thank goodness for that, right? Thank goodness for that, that, that he called the unqualified. I don't know. I feel like I may be in a room with some unqualified. That's, I'll start first, okay? We talked about that a few weeks back. We're called to be obedient in the small things. That obedience leads to bigger things. Remember, remember the story of Gideon, right? God... God gave him a little bit and he was obedient to it and God gave him a little bit and he was obedient to him and God didn't just drop the end game on him there. And I know sometimes we, get, we just want the end game but we've been called to be obedient in the small things. We've been called to be kingdom-minded living with purpose. We've been called to be kingdom-minded living with purpose. I know that you might like, hear that and like I still don't know exactly what we're talking about, okay? That's okay. That's okay. We're going to talk about it here in just a minute. We're called to reach out and address what breaks our hearts. What breaks our hearts. And Jamie last week just laid out some of those things, right? I don't know if you look around and you see things and situations and circumstances that break your heart as you drive by it. So often it's so easy just to be, well, somebody else will take care of it. I'm thankful for the bleeding hearts that are in our lives. Where's, where, I just want to say, talk for a second. It, where's my people? Where's my people that, 
recognize they're a little heartless. Recognize you're a little heartless. I mean, I, I recognize I'm a little heartless, okay? And I'm thankful for the bleeding hearts around me who, who help steer that back in. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. If the world was all like, well, Melvin, I mean me, okay? <laughs> then, and here's what I'm getting at. I'm getting at Melvin knows people and knows circumstances and sees people and God has put him in the middle of those circumstances and people that I might not come in contact with. And if I did come in contact with them, I don't have the same type of relationship that Melvin might have with them. And it's very possible that we might not ever come in contact with those same people, okay? And God uniquely gifted and talented and called Melvin to minister in those certain situations, just as he has me, just as he has Mike, just as he has Robbie, okay? Just as he has all of us. Sometimes, though, we can become a little desensitized. I was having a conversation with a guy over the weekend, and he was just talking about TV programming, okay? And I'm not going to get way off on TV programming right now. I'm not, okay? So just follow me on this very quick little trail. And he said, I get so, like, I, I, so much of it is so dark. And here's what he was getting at. Here's what he was getting at. He was getting at the fact that we actually don't live in a zombie apocalypse, Okay? That we actually don't live where it's a normal thing for a married couple to just, you know, have a situation arise and then they have to bury somebody in their backyard. Those are Netflix originals, okay? That's not part of normal life. That's a very desensitized life, okay? That we can, the, that we can take in and call it entertainment, okay? And I, there's no judgment there. I don't even, it's, it's whatever. I'm just bringing the point up that if that's what we're seeing as normal, okay, that's not normal, that's not normal. And that can further press us into just a desensitized way of thinking about people and circumstances, okay? Called with eternal purpose to, we're gonna work on that today. Called with eternal purpose to, maybe right now be the appropriate time for Start, start praying yourself. I don't know if during this series or may, maybe right now is the time. Maybe you haven't, you haven't heard any of this and that's okay. That's okay. There's been some great stuff. Maybe right now there's a person that God is putting on your heart right now. And maybe the most important thing you could do is just pray for them right now. Or God has put a ministry on your heart right now and maybe it's been there for a while and it's just like it's just it's so tough to to pray about that I want you to understand how serious the leadership team is here about this they they want to be praying for your ministries they want to know about them they want to be praying about why wouldn't we want people to be praying for our ministries why wouldn't we want want others to be praying for people that we are burdened for the gospel Okay, that we know they don't have a relationship with Jesus. And we've been praying about them. Why wouldn't we want other people to be praying about that? Called with eternal purpose to, to what? That, that's the question. That's the question, right? 
What is God calling you to right now? Right now. He might call you to something different in the future, but he is calling you right now to something. He's calling you right now to something. I might just, I'm just going to take time here just for a second and just, just, talk about, just talk about something. Okay, this is, just, this is just my opinion, and we might have differing opinions here, but uh, I got a microphone right now, okay? So, sorry about it. It's really easy for us just to want a leader, okay? It's really easy for us to want somebody to tell us what we need to be doing. So just follow me for a second. We want somebody to be telling us this is what you need to do. And you know what? Over time, over time, uh, the church has kind of, I think the intentions were good, okay? I think the intentions were good, but almost, and maybe it just happened of of a metrics of things or it was just an easy way to do things. But here's the scenario, Okay. The scenario is this, is, hey, next week we're going to be painting a house down here. If you want to do something for the Lord, you come and, and join us and do that. And there's nothing wrong with this, okay? So let me just talk about this circumstance. There's nothing wrong with going and doing that, okay? There's nothing wrong with it all. Except for, except for if Gary was convicted that he's supposed to be doing something else that day. See, what, what can begin to happen, and, and then the church says, hey, 37 people showed up to serve the Lord today. That's great. And you know what? That is great. That is great. But if we miss the fact that our lives were individually called and individually purposed for kingdom work, and that's not part of our prayer life, that's not part of our relationship with God, is that we're actively always looking and and praying and seeking God, what do you want me to be doing? Show me. Help me see people the way that you see people. Help me see circumstances the way that you see circumstances. Break my heart for what breaks your heart, God. Is it going to put you out? Yes, it's going to put you out. Is it going to cost you time? Yes. Talents? Yes. Money? Yes. Is it going to be is it going to come at the worst time? Is it going to happen during supper? Yes. It most definitely is always going to happen then. Okay? And when that routine starts to happen, and, and we don't ever, we're just reliant on somebody else to tell us what we ought to be doing for the Lord. And I, I, there's nothing wrong with this taking place a little bit, Okay? But if that's how we're living our life and that's how the church is leading people, I don't think that's great discipleship, church. I don't think that's great discipleship. Corporately, there are things that we need to be working on together. But this room is full of ministers. This room is full of disciples of Jesus Christ who are uniquely purposed and talented, who have different friends groups, different skill sets, and different convictions to go live out to reach Southeast Kansas and the world for the gospel.
life can have us sometimes feeling stuck. It can have us feeling like it's just sucking the joy out of us. It can have us feeling like I just don't, I don't have a lot of direction. You know, I, I hang out with a lot of young people. And there's a lot of older people that talk to me about, I just don't feel like the young people got much direction, and I just don't think they got much purpose, and, and I, just, I just don't know what, they just don't get excited about a whole lot, and I'm usually looking at them thinking, I'm not sure that you do neither, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But life has a way of doing that. Maybe stuck in just this reoccurring sin cycle, recent conversation with a group of student ministers I met with and we, we just sat and we were just talking about student ministry back and forth and, and I left that conversation very sad very sad and very bothered and, and I want to share to you the, the findings of that conversation the findings of that conversation were this that as a, as a group and we sat and we just talked about things we see and as we you know deal with students and just you know, some of them had been in student ministry for a long time. This is the thing that unanimously got pushed out in front of the conversation is we don't see a lot of young people saying things or asking for prayer like God is calling me into ministry. Now, let me tell you why that's a problem. That's a problem because I know dozens of rural churches in America. They got no, they got no pastor. They got no worship minister. They got no youth minister. They got no children's minister. And I'm not just talking about that the, they, they got them and people just don't like their style or their tone or their song selection or whatever. No, I'm saying they don't have them in their churches are dying because nobody is going to do it. Nobody, nobody is stepping up and going to serve in those areas. And as we're talking about these, you know, in student ministry, we're like, Oh, man, there's a problem here. So, okay, so maybe God is not calling people into ministry anymore. No, that, that's not how this is working. Th there's another problem here. Maybe the church isn't talking about it. Maybe we're, we're just so distracted and living for everything else that we don't see it. But we got a problem here. Like, this is This is a problem. David in, in his problems, he, he'll address the Lord this, this one time in Psalm 57 too. He says, I'll cry out to God most high, to God who accomplishes all things for me. All things. Now check this out. That's right. Even purpose, direction, excitement, and joy. God will accomplish those things, but sometimes it's hard to trust to put our hand to that, okay? To understand that, is there any, is there any greater accomplishment? Is there any greater joy than in kingdom work? No. The answer is no. I, I can assure you of that. Now, let, let's look at this list here. James, John, uh, Philip, Bartholomew. That's a good solid name. You got any, you got any, you, you expecting Bartholomew, okay? Give, throw, 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 throw B out there. Get him. Get him. Send a Bartholomew out. Uh, Matthew, Thomas, Andrew, Jude, Matthias, Simon, Peter, Judas, later replaced by Matthias, not one of those men would say, you know, I just don't really feel like I've got much purpose in life. It's like, life's not very exciting. It's not, just not a lot of joy. Not, if we were to interview any of them right here on the stage and bring them down here and say, let's just talk about life and, and purpose and excitement and joy, 
their lives were filled with it. Absolutely filled with it. Those fellows lived an exciting life. They lived an exciting life. They lived a full life. I'm not, maybe not talking about all the length of years here, okay? But I'm talking accomplished. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, And then Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the end of age. God commanded the church to love him. God commanded the church to love others. God commanded the church to pray. God commanded the church and commissioned the church with his great commission. This commission would be taken hold of by the disciples. And as they, as they started the church and they planted the churches and they were meeting in their homes, they lived out this command. They lived out this command. You're called. You're called with eternal purpose. I don't know what you've started to make on your list there. I, I don't know what I don't know what their name might be. And I know I know for parents, I can't think of anything more like, man, I just want my kids. I just want my kids to have a relationship with Jesus. I but likewise, young people, I can't looking up and looking at, at, at parents that might not have a relationship with Jesus, you know, I can't. And I just want my folks to have a relationship with Jesus. Because here, here's the facts, okay? Here are the facts. If someone's time on this earth ceases, if it stops, okay? And they do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, they do not have the eternal hope of heaven. Do, you under, do we understand that? And we can get so heartbroken over so many things in the world. But the reality is, is if we're not more heartbroken that our neighbor, that our son or daughter, that our mother, father, that our coworkers don't know Jesus and their eternity is not secure because they have not yet taken hold of that, that they do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. If that's not more heartbreaking for us, then we have missed the ministry of Jesus Christ. We've missed it. We've missed the ministry of Paul. We've missed the ministry of the disciples and we're living out some sort of other gospel, some sort of other ministry. Jesus cared for the lost. Do you care for the lost? Do you care? Do you care? I want to talk about four groups of people right now. Four groups of people that we talk to and interact with every single day. Every single day, we talk to and interact with these four, these four groups of people, okay? The first group is this, people that need Jesus, but we don't know that they need Jesus, or we don't know them yet. Does that make sense? I'm talking Walmart, Casey's, the tire shop, the feed store, wherever you might go. The refinery, 
I'm, I'm talking wherever you might go. Every single day, we're coming face to face, opening doors, maybe looking them in the eyes, maybe not, with people who need Jesus, and we either don't know them, or we don't know that they need Jesus yet. Does that bother you at all? That they're not living with that eternal hope. They do not have it yet. Does it, does it bother you at all? Second group is this group. Those who need Jesus and we know it. You know, I'm not gonna, like, there's, there's a couple of ways that we can know that they need Jesus, okay? And I'm, we're, not, we're not trying to be judgmental about anything, but you, you know, like, they, they need Jesus, you know? Like, they need Jesus. Does it bother you at all? Does it bother you at all that someday you might be in a room like this and their body is in a casket and you know, I never opened my mouth. I never said anything to them. I just said, they sure need Jesus and walked away from, the, walked away from it. Third group. Those who need encouragement, but we don't know it. And I'm talking about those that and maybe, maybe you come, maybe we do, we go to church together. We're talking about, I'm talking about those that, you know, they, they have had or have a relationship with Jesus, but man, they are just discouraged right now. Life has discouraged them. Maybe, maybe it's their own situations that have just like led to this discouragement, and they need encouragement. And you're at Casey's and you open the door and you, you see them, but we're not spending the time there, okay, for whatever reason to see that they need the encouragement. They need the encouragement. Is it going to cost me something to figure it out? Yeah, time. Probably time. Maybe buy them something and sit down and talk with them, okay? A lot can be said about sharing a meal together. How about this fourth group? Those who need encouragement and we know it. We know it. Maybe it's somebody that you've even sat in this room with and you know they need encouragement and you're just like, meh, whatever. Really? Like that doesn't break your heart at all? That doesn't mess with you at all? Jesus cared about people, church. Jesus cared about people. And Jesus would say, put that down and get your head up and get your eyes out and be kingdom-minded. Pay attention to what's going on. Pay attention to who's in front of you. Head up, eyes out, kingdom-minded. Keep watch for situational opportunities. I'm just going to throw something out there to you. I don't know if you understand this or not, but life has a way of just delivering situational opportunities for evangelism all the time. Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know when the accidents take place? When people are sick and difficult circumstances are happening? And that big fight took place? And that job situation took place? And that thing with their kid took place? That thing in their marriage took place? That accident 
took place, that self-inflicted addiction, when those things hit and take place, did you know that there's a built-in situational opportunity for Jesus right at that time? You might be the only person seeing it. You know what they need? They need Jesus. They need you to pray for them. They need somebody to show up. They need somebody to give up their time. They need somebody to show up. Is it inconvenient? Almost always. Almost always it's inconvenient. That's the lifestyle that Jesus called the disciples to. That's the lifestyle that he's calling us to. Will you be inconvenienced for the gospel? Maybe that's the question. Called to be inconvenienced for the gospel. (laughs) My little wandering skate, I, I, I was kind of doodling out one day. And, and evangelism, uh, thermometer of response, okay? I know it's weird. I, you probably doodle things at work. I doodle things at work too. They just, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I found myself doodling one day. And thinking about the life of Jesus. And thinking about, well, one end, one end of this, this evangelism thermometer, man, ministry was, like, it was hot, like, like in the other end, it was kind of cold. And this is just from Jesus' life, okay? God's going to do with what he wants, how he wants, who he wants, okay? But, I, but I'm saying, there's a model there that we can see. Now, when Jesus, when he interacted with the sick and the hurting, let, let's just say, for, for, let's just stop there, like, Jesus performed miracles. Jesus still performs miracles. Some of us are here because of miracles, okay? We just might not identify them or call them that. But they're miracles. And the the reason that those miracles were performed then and now is so that you might come to know Jesus, not so that anybody's life was more comfortable. Like, man, you, you haven't been able to walk ever since I've met you. Ever since I've known you, you haven't been able to walk. What happened? Jesus happened. I don't know if we still talk about it. Like, man, you you is like a like you is a mess. Like, what happened? Jesus happened. That's what happened. Changed my life. Changed the trajectory of my eternity. That's what it did. So one end of this of this thermometer, man, Jesus interacted with with the sick. He interacted with the lepers. He interacted where he got a lot of flack. He interacted where it took his time, took his resources, okay? And he spent time there. And man, you know, in almost every single one of those situations, those guys are like, can we be with you? Can we come with you? Can we follow you? Where are you going? We want, we want to be with you, Jesus. And the other end of the thermometer. Well, let's just throw an example out there. The rich young ruler. Right? We don't know what happened to him. All we know is what we know in the story. <clears throat> One end of that, there was, a, uh, there, was a, there was a low pride, high needs. There was a low pride, high needs. And the gospel was very receptive there. I'm just talking, just just example we see from Jesus' life, Okay? And then on, the, then, then on the other side, it was high pride, low needs. Earth, earth, earthly needs anyways, right? 
earthly needs. First Peter 4, 10 through 11 says, As each one has received a, spiritual, a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. God wants to be glorified through all parts of your life. If there's a reoccurring sin that's got us bogged down, if there's a lack of excitement and direction and purpose and joy in our lives, you get your hand on that plow. And you start sowing the gospel. And you become focused in that. Let me just tell you that that joy and excitement and purpose and direction That sin, that sin will weed itself out. Years ago, I had a friend that shared a story. He was, a, he was an EMS worker in Southern, in Southern California. And, it, and he shared the story when he was young and, and on the job, okay? Um, now, you know, California and places like Colorado and those kind of places, these big fires break out. And they just, they just I mean, they're burning thousands of acres and homes and all, any, anything is away. It's just, it's just destroyed, okay? And so he was a young guy. And, and you know, EMS fire guys, so he, he, he would go out with fire uh, calls. And he, he remembered this certain call that came over. When one of those fires broke loose. And, and the dispatcher came on. And the dispatcher started to... Uh, just uh, deploy station after station after station after station. And when she ran out of stations, this is what she said. Roll the world, it's all on fire. And what she was doing was calling anybody and everybody that, was, that had any means to come and help, to come and help. Is that our attitude? Is that our concern? Church, we have been called with eternal purpose to be beacons of light, to be sharers of the gospel. Emergency workers, man, I'm I'm thankful for them. As I thought of that story and thought of that analogy, and man, I, I just love it. I, I started to think through, you know, emergency workers, they're always ready. When those pagers go off, they're there. They're there. They're not always looking for that pager to go off, you know. You know what I mean? And that's the difference with kingdom workers. Kingdom workers are always ready and are always looking. They're always ready and always looking. What is God calling you to? What is God calling you to? Who in your life desperately needs the gospel of Jesus Christ shared with them? 
what is it that God, what ministry is God putting on your heart? Is it something right here in Southeast Kansas? Is it something on the other side of the world? Church, we have got to stop expecting somebody else to do what we have been called to do. So what's the deal with the hesitation here? Well, hesitation is it takes time and it interrupts life. So I want to ask you a question here. Do you remember who it was that shared the gospel with you? Remember who it was that took the time to share Jesus with you? I do. I do, I remember that. Because I'd never experienced God's love and grace that way before. And it activated something inside of me that changed my life. And I'm grateful for those people. Do you remember who it was that shared the gospel with you? Think, think back to it. Maybe it's a church camp. Maybe it's your grandma in the living room. Maybe it's your dad on the way to school. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a friend at school. Maybe it's a youth minister. We are called to be those people to everyone we come in contact with. 